1: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning on this Monday. What's going on, Bill Writer, with you? Thank you for being here. Hope you had a hell of a weekend. The crew is back together. Andrew Bogish is here. Tom DeCelestino is here. That's it, that's the crew. 855-212-4CBS, Twitter Sports, Writer Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Bryce Young is short, and I speak from experience when I say... It's all going to be okay, little guy. It's all going to be okay. We make, I mean, it's it's much ado about nothing. Everybody knows that Bryce Young is short. All right, anyway, combine stupidity and uh, someone who's not dumb, me and the guys, three of us, filtering it for you. You already know, right? Maybe for the four GMs that are still dumb. I don't know. Why is this an issue? Let's talk about Bryce Young being short in about 20 minutes. Steph Curry came back. He's short. This guy was too short to play too. It's short guys Monday. It's my day. There's a short actor in a new TV show that won a bunch of awards. I watched. Yeah, we'll give Tom a recommendation. He will. He'll never see. And uh, the Suns have an Achilles heel that I've recognized. That guy's short too. I guess short guys don't always win. I'll give you a hint. It's not Kevin Durant. He's tall. Uh, Ross Tucker is is a tall man. I think. I'm sure. Uh, he'll. I never met him in person. He'll be on the show in about an hour. Former NFL player. Excited to hang out with him. We'll do buy or sell, and we'll uh, we'll get into some other topics throughout the course of the show. Let's start with John Morant. John Morant's a young dude, talented dude and and normally that level of talent, dudes in his fourth year and the level to which his talent's going to take him, his career would be defined in the years ahead not not this time. John Morant's career is going to be defined right now. Success failure. The remarkable heights his game has showed us he can get to and I think will get to even higher. The dude's a beast on the floor. Or just the kind of disappointment that is a historical footnote. That down the line when we talk about people who squander and give away greatness and talent. Just, just give it away. He'll be one of the names we reach for if things go badly. It will be settled. What he's going to be, his legacy, his career. He's not even at a legacy point. His success or failure will be settled now. May take a week or a month or a year for us to know which direction he's gone, but it will be settled now. Over the weekend, John Morant on Instagram Live proving that nothing good comes out of social media or being out late. Especially in combination, A, a flash would appear to be a gun in his IG live. And if you I've watched it a bunch of times, you can see it. It's easier if you sort of freeze the frame. We are required over at CBS Sports HQ, and I guess here I'll just say it, what appears to be a gun. And someone asked me on on camera, why are we saying what appears to be a gun? Because I guess in theory it could be a prop, right? None of us were there. And as a result of this, John Moran is suspended. It's two games. It'll be longer. We'll get to Taylor Jenkins in a second. He's, He's away from the team. But here's the real issue and here's the real deal. It's the context, as Tom always likes to say. Tom is a context guy. It's the context that matters. John Morant has had legitimate reporting that has come out in the last week, not even that, connecting him to allegations of potential gun violence is strong, but menacing folks with guns. Here are the allegations. The Washington Post, and this isn't the Washington Post finding people to anonymously say this happened. It's police reports where police officers in Memphis, Tennessee, said this is what was alleged to have gone down. Uh, There are two. One involved John Morant hosting. He hosts basketball games for young people at his home. And in one of the allegations, John Morant is alleged to have punched a young 17-year-old player and then to have gotten a weapon and brandished it. Is it true? Is it not true? We didn't know. We don't know. John Morant behind his lawyers saying, oh, well, you know, this is not, you know, this not true. We're being sued. The implication is for money. But second report came out unrelated or related only in the sense it involved John Morant in an allegation of a firearm. This is John Morant going off to the mall in Memphis to confront allegedly a security guard who, according to the police report that the Washington Post dug up, felt John Morant's mother felt like the security guard was disrespectful. John Morant goes out, and there's an allegation again that John Morant has a gun, that it's threatening. Now, all of this, remember, came out in the last week. The context of the context is that not that long ago, there was an NBA game where someone in John Morant's car is, again, alleged to have flashed a red light, right, a little laser beam, that may or may not have been taken as a gun. It was viewed as threatening by the people who made the complaint to NBA security. But the big context here... And the reason this is an issue, and the reason that John Morant's entire career hinges now, again, you may not see it, I may not see it. Normally you can assess, right, a guy goes into a big playoff series, and it's, oh man, this will define his legacy. Yeah, and we can, how many points did he score? How many turnovers did he have? Did he win or lose? John Morant's turning point, that's where we are, happens behind the scenes. So we may not know whether he understands this is a last chance or not. But again, John Morant, the Washington Post, Legitimate newspaper, police reports, legitimate reporting. Finds allegations, true or not true, allegations that John ja Morant not once but twice used a gun to menace people in Memphis, Tennessee. A security guard allegedly was one person who was a victim, and a 17-year-old kid allegedly the other. And all the conversations that are always going to happen happen. The NBA, we're, we're going to, you know, maybe look into it. I don't know. Maybe, you we'll see. And, and people like me are like, well, we don't know, but this isn't good. And people that are on one side of the John Morant equation, like this guy is a punk, and then on the other side is these are just allegations. And how does John Morant respond? He flashes what appears to be a gun on his own Instagram Live. As if winking at, not the camera, but the gun. As if embracing the idea of gun violence. At a minimum, not given a you-know-what, but it certainly seems plausible based on what John Morant did to believe this guy is carrying weapons and doesn't think it's a big deal. It's a big deal. When I was a kid, when I lived in Dubuque, Iowa, I loved the movie Rudy. I loved it. I loved it. I know it's dumb and cheesy, and looking back, that actor was always going to become a hobbit, right? But, like, in the moment, I thought it was a great film. If you just work hard and you don't have talent, you can still do anything, like play at Notre Dame, play football at Notre Dame. Actually, no, you can't. Look, you can work really hard, and you can do radio, or you can sell insurance, or you can be a principal. There's a lot of things you can do through hard work in this country. It's part of what makes, I think, America great. But playing professional sports or high-level collegiate sports isn't one of them. Most people aren't Rudy. Talent is the critical factor in that world. And it is rare, and it is precious, and it is hard to find. Now, among the very, very few who have been given you know, that gift... Hard work matters, and teamwork matters, and all those things matter. But there's a reason that Kyrie Irving has whatever team he wants, whenever he wants, because the guy's massively talented. There's a reason, if you watch Kevin Durant for the first time in a while, he's been hurt with the Suns, and this struck Tom and I separately, just how easy it looks. I go down the list of people who are just massively talented. John Moran has the rarest of things. He does. His talent is exceptional, even by the standards of professional sports. Even by the standards of well-paid NBA basketball players. The guy is a beast and a machine. If you don't watch a lot of Memphis games, a lot of Grizzlies games, I would have said before this whole gun violence, unfortunate stupidity on John Morant's part, the allegations and then him actually flashing what looks like a gun, that you should, because he's such a mesmerizing talent. See, Rudy's about a guy who's not talented and works so hard to just find, it's it's a lot, I mean, look, it's a cool story. It's a true story. It's rare. John Morant's doing the opposite. For whatever reason, he is so unwilling to protect this thing that he has, to recognize his talent as a gift, and to nurture it the way that you're supposed to. And I'm telling you now, whatever your views on issues around the country, if you are a multi-millionaire celebrity athlete, if you are in the public eye, if you are accused, falsely or otherwise, but it is a growing list of accusations of potential gun violence... And you think that it's a good idea to put out there, on a social media live stream, you holding what clearly looks like and may very well be a weapon, there's something wrong with you. There's something that's off. And you can make the claim, as he has done, that he needs a little time away to deal with his stress and his mental health. You can make the claim, like other people have, and I think in reasonable ways, that there is a culture that is not understood by big chunks of Americans as it relates to John Morant's background. You can make the separate argument, maybe they, they're connected, that in this country, wherever you're from, there are huge swaths of people who carry weapons. That gun ownership is a part of American culture. You can make all these. I got a really good buddy. I'm not a gun guy. I mean, I've been hunting, but like, not a gun guy. I got a really good buddy in L.A. who once just pulled a gun out of his truck. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I'm armed all the time. That is a part of American culture. It's not mine, but it very well may, may be yours. All of that is fine. All of that may or may not be what it is for John Morant. You can't, if you're an NBA superstar, walk around carrying a weapon. You can't do whatever's being done that leads people to think that you have threatened them with a weapon. And you certainly can't, when that is the conversation, flash what looks like a gun on Instagram Live. You can't do it if you want to remain in the NBA and successful and focused. Now... I know that his teammates seem to respond amazingly well to him because he's a massive talent. And I'm not making a judgment on who he is his character. He could be a good guy. He could also be a terrible human being. I I just don't know. What I do know is that this is the kind of thing you can't do. And because, unfortunately, life isn't Rudy's life, because talent is paramount in everything, especially in the NBA and professional sports, you get all the latitude in the world. This isn't the first time things have come up involving John Morant. And by the way, if the Washington Post finds out about something later, if we find out about something involving a red laser, I promise you the Memphis Grizzlies organization knew about it way before we did. The reason that John Morant is, air quotes, away from the team, real quotes, suspended for at least two games, and I'll get to this Taylor Jenkins clip in a second. It could be longer. The reason the NBA is now investigating is not because, oh my God, we just found out. It's because you and I know. And they have to do something about it. That means that the gravity of this situation is taken on such an extreme reality that John Morant's talent can't protect him anymore from consequences. And that's why we've reached a turning point. I kind of want to pick on Gilbert Arenas, and he's a super interesting guy and does a podcast, and he's really thoughtful. But his career turned and changed at that moment. Man, was it 20 years ago? The last time I can think of gun violence, the idea of gun violence, gun culture, a gun being so prominent in the NBA. And, and I need to point out because I know that talking about gun ownership, which is different than gun violence, and gun rights, which is different than gun violence, and all of you are going to have different views on that. But I understand that, that guns are a part of American culture. And I'm what I'm about to say is a fact. It's not a criticism of whatever your view is. It's also true that there is massive gun violence in this country. And that it, it feels like we go through these cycles where people are killed over and over and over again with gun violence. And not to over-dramatize what for me was couple hours of terror, but I'm just a random guy, and I've been in a public gun shooting situation in LAX many years ago, a couple days before Halloween, you could look it up, some guy came into LAX and started shooting people, I think he killed one person, I was around the corner, I ran onto the runway with everybody else, that's an interesting experience, you know, I'm fine, I was fine, I thought I was going to die, I was fine, human stampede, everyone freaked out, but one person died, the point is, gun violence, along with gun ownership, separate issues, to a degree, are part of this culture and a part of this country, and that's also part of what John ja Rant's walking into. And you can just hear Taylor Jenkins. I'm going to play two clips. I'll play the shorter one first. He's the head coach in Memphis. When talking about the timeline of how long Ja's going to be out, this is what, and to me, it's, this is Memphis... Not sure what to do and waiting on the NBA's guidance. Here is Memphis's head coach, Taylor Jenkins, on when we'll see John Morant play for Memphis again.
2: There's not a definitive timeline. I mean, we have said that it's going to be at least these two games. You know, we're taking it one day at a time. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing healing process. Um, So um, I I can't comment in terms of what the exact timetable is going to be because it's really not a timetable situation.
1: John Morant's future, his career is going to be defined now. And it's going to be defined by, by John Morant. For the lack of a better term and a better way to to make my point, I'm going to talk about alcohol abuse. And I drink a lot, but I have friends who, who are alcoholics, right? We all do. We all know people. Some people, when they have those lows, when they hit rock bottom with their struggle, with their difficulty, let's say alcoholism or anything else, they find help. They at least make the decision that they're going to get help. Doesn't mean it's right away, but they change. It's the hardest thing I think to do as a human being on earth is to change. Some people don't. Now, I'm not saying that John Morant's addicted to guns. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this has to be rock bottom. This has to reach him. This moment has to penetrate the fog of sycophants and people around him and whatever he's thinking. And there was a report from a commercial appeal, which is a newspaper in Memphis Reporter, who who covers, seems like, the the Grizzlies, who, according to his own Twitter, knows these guys really well and said that, that some old heads, some older folks around John Morant have been trying to reach him for a while. Well, hopefully their voices are clearer and louder than whatever idiots are around John Morant encouraging this kind of behavior. Because John Morant's career changes one direction or another today. We may not know the consequences for a week or a month or a year or five years, but this is when it happens in these moments. And I think Memphis knows that because Taylor Jenkins, this is longer. Again, the head coach of Memphis, talked, and to me it, it feels strained, and it doesn't sound like the normal PR babble that guys are are, are taught to, to just regurgitate. Memphis's head coach seems at a loss to try to explain where they are with their superstar.
2: He understands, um, you know, he's uh, made some difficult decisions and and poor choices in the past that he's got to account for, and he's definitely embracing, you know, the mistakes that he's made, but uh, only time will tell. We're going to support him, as I said, and we're going to hold him accountable to, to make those changes. There's uh, two elements to this that I want to make very clear. There's a supportive element, you know, someone that's, you know, got to get better and, and needs some help. But then also there's accountability to the team that we got to stand for. Um, so obviously uh, nationwide, you know, league-wide, there's a, a lot of attention on gun violence. And, um, you know, for us internally in this matter, you know, that, that's the stance that we've taken about how we can support JAW throughout this growth opportunity. It's a learning opportunity, um, you know, and then hopefully we can be better from it.
1: Key part there is uh, Taylor Jenkins saying about John Morant that John Morant seems to be embracing this, but time will tell. What that really means is we don't know which way it's going to go. But Taylor Jenkins is saying to you, and the sort of code speak coaches have to, his career is going to go one way or another. This is it. I'm rooting for John Morant. Don't know. Don't know. Human beings are complicated creatures. I got it. I get it. And And the backgrounds we come from the lies we have, the successes or money that we do or don't make, the friends we have, the sycophants that are surrounding us are not. For NBA superstars, of course, there are going to be some if you want them there. All these things are contributing factors. I'm not rooting against the guy, and I'm not here to make judgment on him morally. I don't know anything about John Morant other than what you've seen. But where he is, his position, his situation is precarious, and his massive talent, which probably has protected him many, many times over his life, like every other incredibly talented, valuable person on any business— That is no longer enough. We're talking gun violence. We're talking real allegations. And he is the one that made the unbelievably silly mistake, stupid mistake, unfortunate mistake, arrogant mistake to flash what appears to be a gun in the wake of all this context. If he doesn't figure it out, his NBA career is going to come off the rails. If he does figure it out, this will be a reminder that people can actually change and grow. I'm rooting for the guy. But make no mistake, this is one of the brightest lights in the NBA. And whether or not it continues, he continues to be an important part of this league, it hinges on what comes from him in the next few days or weeks, even if we don't know the consequences for a while. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, We've got the combine, Bryce Young, not very tall, who cares? We'll explain why his measurements don't matter next year on CBS Sports Radio.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
4: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back, Harmonious Bill Wright. What a nice guy Carson Palmer was. Diesel, can we have him on every day? I would love
5: to have Carson Palmer on every day.
1: He just made me feel good about myself, you know what I'm saying? Do I not make you feel good about yourself? You do too, but the other guy—I don't know where he is—but it could be different. No, I love him too. Um, I don't know if you and Will, your son, have gotten to this yet. To the uh, sir, the fill buckets book—you surround you want people who fill your bucket, not empty your bucket.
5: I have not seen that. Right now, we're on Lama Lama. Those are the books we're reading.
1: I don't know that one, but Lama Lama will someday be preceded by Bogus. You know the fill the the bucket book, right? How you teach kids to be nice to each other? I've heard.
6: The idea the book never was in my house though
1: well, you got a haircut. I did get a haircut, thank you looking good, man every once a in a while see hoodie thing and looking sharp bro thanks, baby girl team short guys today you ready by the way i'm just gonna i'm gonna cut to the cut to the new to the to the context the the the, the, the d cell context Bryce Young did his official. Height and weight as measurements. He's basically the exact same size as Kyler Murray when Kyler Murray was at the combine. And Kyler Murray, as a physical specimen, is just fine. Now, Kyler Murray, the you know, the leader dude, you know, all the other stuff, not so much. But Team Short, guys. 5'10 and 1 eighths, 204 pounds, a hand size of 9.75. By the way, this could be me. I'm a little heavier. This could, this could definitely be <laughs> You're unique. also
6: not 5'10".
1: I used to be when I lied on my driver's license. When I saw the one 8th, I thought when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, he's 5'8 just like me. We're, we're, no, we're not the same. <laughs> um, same exact height as Kyler Murray. Murray weighed three more pounds, and Kyler Murray had the dreaded shorter hands, smaller hands, which doesn't, doesn't matter.
5: Doesn't matter because Joe Burrow had like the smallest hands ever at the NFL Combine, and I think he's doing just fine. I forgot
1: this. Joe Burrow's little hands guy. He's like a little mini me guy. Yeah, I think actually nine
5: inches, if I'm not mistaken. So they, they they both Kyler Murray and Bryce Young have bigger hands than Joe
1: Burrow. This stuff is stupid, isn't it? I think every year I get more and more put out with the combine as an as, as an event and activity. The NBA does a combine. It's in May. I have to go to it. I'm really excited to be in Chicago for those days rather than the NBA playoffs. I can't wait. Hang out some GMs, and they do measurements, right? Those matter. Guys jump up, they run, they do all the same stuff. But it doesn't, it's, I mean, that's a nice little factor, but it's not It's not a huge event. I think this is a media event that the NFL has used to generate and churn content that a bunch of the GMs have just fallen for. It's, they fall. They fell for their own okie-dokie. That's it. That's my take. Fill my bucket.
6: <laughs> great take. Really Thank great you. take. Thought Well thought out, well reasoned.
1: You're stupid. Do either of you want to make a case that what happens at the Combine outside of the interviews, and I think that's a separate thing. I don't, I don't even believe those matter that much, honestly, to, to GMs of top picks. But either of you want to make a case the physical things, not the interview that happened at the Combine, are really more important than the tape and the games and the actual play that's going on? four years for these guys? Um, I think it matters
6: for some people and for certain numbers, but I think talking to these guys face-to-face and letting your doctors touch them is the key to the combine.
1: I think Bryce Young said it best. This is the dude, obviously, not obviously, will probably be the number one overall pick and probably be also the first quarterback taken if he's not the number one pick. And I love the way that he talked about his size.
5: I've been this size, uh, you know, respectfully my, my whole life. Um, I know who I am. Um, I know what I can do. And, you know, for me, you know, I think it, it, it's fair. You know, everyone can, can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary. But, you know, I'm going to continue to control what I can control. I'm confident
1: in myself. I know what I can do. Big How kid. How many of you... How many of you, when you heard that first, were like, you were 5'10 your whole life? That's that all that I first. can think of. <laughs> That's all I can think of, too. Poor mom. <laughs> same joke. Same joke. She was in labor for seven weeks. <laughs>
6: oh, my God. I haven't grown an inch since I was born. I've been 5'10, two four ish the whole time.
1: I was a bully when I was four of adults. <laughs> yeah. Grew out of that. I, I just, I don't, I don't care that, I already knew he was short. I already knew... What his size was. But did you know he was short?
6: I feel like we went an entirety of Bryson in Alabama with no one talking about, like, he's overcoming the odds. No one was making smurf jokes. Did we know he was this small? That's how much it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
5: Well, no. When is the last time with the QB that it actually mattered that he was short? NFL
6: short. So, so I guess. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Baker Mayfield is the first name that, but you know. Short on confidence is where I was, was Yeah,
6: go. I mean, Baker Mayfield matters. <laughs> and if you believe that Jalen Hurts yeah. got hurt because he's not that big and a bigger dude fell on him, and that's why he hurt his shoulder, like, that's where it could matter. But I also wonder, too, like, how many guys the NFL just disqualified out of hand because yeah. their hands were small or their height was whatever. Maybe we missed – did we miss guys? Or are the guys that we're pointing to now, are they still the aberration to a real, a real rule?
1: Here's my anti-tall guy take, okay? And I'm sorry to tall people everywhere. I got I got friends that are tall. I've grown as a person. I didn't always like tall people. I think that if you're a really tall, athletic NFL evaluator, you're much more... Like, those... I'm serious, by the way. Like, those are the guys who are like, oh, he's short. It's, it's not going to work. Because people take their own experiences and what they view as their own qualities and impose that standard on other people. And Bryce Young is short. The thing is, we The game has shown to us, much longer than before the NFL adjusted, that height does not matter the way that we thought it did. Just like age doesn't matter if managed properly with Tom Brady, there are plenty of short quarterbacks who can be successful. And to your point, Andrew, I'm sure there are also plenty of those guys who who were not given the opportunities that maybe they should have been. And Tyree Kill, if I can just, like, there are short receivers who go out there and help dominate the game. But I can remember when when some of these receivers would come out and guys in local markets. Would be Like I don't know, man. Like, what are you going to do when you go up against some cornerback who's six four? Well, you're going to run past him, is what you're going to do. Team short guess. And the biggest problem with Kyler Murray is a knucklehead. Yeah, like, it's, the only it's thing that matters. Between the ears. Between yeah. Was the, well, the and, interview? And Bryce
5: Young is saying all the right things and it has been impressive
1: in the interview rooms from everything that we've heard. Not to promote a different radio show, but because I would never I honestly would don't listen to it. But like I used to listen to it back in the day, you shouldn't now. But do you remember when Kyler Murray went on the Dan Patrick Show and had the weirdest right when he was trying to get drafted and and that host got really frustrated with him, was like, Do you want to be here? That is what matters. That is the warning sign. That looking back was like a huge red flag. This guy doesn't get along with people well, doesn't interact with people well. That's the Bryce Young's answer to his height is to me a lot more important than his actual height. Who's the tallest among us at this group, by the way?
6: It's definitely between you and Bogish. You Bogish? Maybe, which is really not saying a lot. Let me
5: me guess, 5'9 and a quarter.
6: Yeah, let's definitely go somewhere between 5'9 and
1: 5'10. Ooh, I'm Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 5'10. I'm not. Um... I got a great TV show for you. I got a new TV show for you guys. I burned through it the last, like, week. They're 30-minute episodes. Do you, Are you guys—I know I give you a lot of shows. This one, this guy won a bunch of awards. Are you ready? That sounds good. I like award-winning shows. It's on Hulu. Anybody want to guess what it is? It's about a chef. It's called The Bear. You oh, time to guess. it's a great show. You've seen it? I have. Oh, I finished it last night. That opening monologue of the final episode where he goes to the meeting, he talks, and he sort of explains. As Tom would say, Tom, you got to watch the whole season to get the context.
6: Mm-hmm. And then he
1: blows your mind with the context at the end of the season. Yep,
6: yep, yep. That's a, that show had been uh, on my list for a long time, then it was nominated for a bunch of stuff, as you just mentioned. So I was like, let me watch it. And I, like, plowed through it. It's so good. Whole Same. cast is great. Lead guy's great. He won the SAG Award recently yep. for that for that show. It's a great show.
1: Did you vote for the SAG Awards? I forgot again this year.
6: I did, and I, but I don't think I voted nice. for him. You didn't. No, I think I voted for Martin Short in uh, Only Murder, which is another great show.
1: Yeah, Steve Martin's in that, was also nominated. Yep. Tom, you would love this show. It's about a brilliant, successful chef who works at the world's most impressive restaurant, who, you don't see any of this part. That's the, This is the background, and it's not with the context. Context comes later, and then his Brother dies and he has to go run his brother's crappy sandwich shop in Chicago.
6: And wants <laughs> to make it great.
1: Wants to make it great to honor his brother. but I won't tell you too much.
6: Right. And we're wondering the whole time why his brother did some things and we find out all the characters are great. It's a good sh- it's a little it's loud a- at times for me, which is an old man, there's a lot of yelling, but otherwise it's a good show.
1: That is a very old man. Yeah.
6: You. Are you being serious? Yeah, there's a times where it's like there's, like, there was a lot of kitchen yelling. His, like, his cousin or whatever, that's, like, the front-of-the-house guy, he's yeah, always yeah. yelling and cursing. There were times where I needed them to just be a little more quiet I and mean, use their inside voice. But there otherwise, are a lot of swearsies. So good. A lot of swearsies. So be a careful, D-Sell.
1: Don't watch it with little Will, okay? No. Actually, this is the time to watch it with Will. I used to watch... What was that stupid show true Van? no true vampire true or the true blood I, true, true blood. vampire <laughs> with my kid next to me I didn't know what's going on now I can't watch anything or Henry's like, why is that vampire kissing that one I, I don't know man
6: my kids don't definitely want to watch stranger things and like on top <gasps> of the scary don't stuff there's also like you know there, there's you know there's some second base action at times there's some other you know there's like adultish themes or they're not ready for kids,
1: oh my kid I, we've we've crossed that yeah we yeah no no my kids know sex exists in the world they're they're kind of
6: as long as i can go
1: they're aware uh don't let them watch stranger things because it's scary we let henry watch like uh, one episode of it this summer and he didn't sleep for th- four days nice had nightmares yeah it was great <laughs> parent of the year but at least tv explained the birds and the bees for me parent <laughs> of the year um Steph Curry came back and they doesn't it feel like every time Steph comes back from one of his many injuries they lose their first game.
5: There's always so much build up and rightfully so, yeah. but then it feels like the air comes out of the tire cuz it's like, well they lost. So I know Steph makes them better, but
1: why not right away? They were playing I think they'd won 5 in a row. They were playing really good. I'm not Let me just this is like the old uh box scores lie in the extreme. The Lakers suck, the Warriors don't. That's that's my that's my really in-depth compelling NBA perspective. That's it. That's what I got for. I st- I still think the Warriors can win it, the NBA and NBA the NBA championship this year. I don't think they will. And the West is tough. And I thought this before I saw Vegas' odds. They have the second or third best odds in the Western Conference. But if Steph is healthy, would you would you guys really take Denver or Memphis over them?
6: No. Right? I want to take Denver, but I don't think I can.
1: I don't... I can't decide. Uh, Tom Haberstroh blew my mind. Was he on on Friday or Thursday last week, Tommy? Uh, Last Friday. Friday. I didn't know this. He said that... I didn't realize neither Jamal Murray nor Michael Porter Jr. nor anyone else on that team has ever made an all-star team or an all-NBA team of any kind. All-NBA third team, all-NBA defensive. So, like... There, Jokic has no. I still. I mean, Jamal Murray's a really talented player, and Michael Porter Jr. is capable of being. I don't know a top five shooter in the game and a, a scorer. And if they're healthy, I guess I want to buy into Denver. I just. I I I don't I don't believe it. Right? Because I mean, what
6: what I'm probably trying to do is buy into Jokic and
1: I know so good.
6: Doing something by yourself is not normally how it gets done in the NBA.
1: Tom, do you have a breaking news? Do you have the breaking news drop? Breaking news. The Saints, this is from Adam Schefter, a little known uh, newsbreaker, but I think he's pretty reliable. Uh, Saints have emerged as the front runners to sign former Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, and an agreement could be reached as early as today per league sources. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like the breaking news is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a jet?
6: Well, maybe, but if I could just be an annoying update what? anchor because I did have this typed up. NFL. This is NFL Network story. Schefter jumping on it after the fact. This is an NFL Ooh. Network story because Ian ESPN. Rappaport? Yes, uh, ESPN went to bed and woke up this morning and is still on TV now talking about Carr's slight lean towards the Jets. Got it. Yeah. So this is NFL, NFL Network gets a little love here for Carr about to be a saint apparently.
1: Good job, NFL Network. In Culver City? No, they're not in Culver City. Over at the stadium, they're at the stadium now. That's right. They're over at SoFi. You should just drive by, say hello. I don't think they'd let me in. Be a terrible place to work, by the way. Traffic is just awful. Always, or just for game day? Yeah, mostly game day. When I said that loud, I realized how dumb it was. But also, like, just like, I mean, it's not easy to get there. It's not. You got to get off and do do like residential back streets, so it's Mm. not an easy place to get to course, same true for Culver City. Stop hitting me with facts. Sorry. Got facts Got facts coming left and right. I I like Derek Carr. I'm a little disappointed because I don't know to what degree I feel like Derek Carr is going to get to prove how good he can be with, with the Saints.
6: But did they just become the best team in that division?
1: That is fair. That division is terrible. terrible. There are weapons there. Right. And there are guys that can help him.
6: And I guess he knows Dennis Allen. I think Dennis Allen was the Raiders head coach when Carr was drafted. So there's that.
1: I want Derek Carr to win more games than Aaron Rodgers. What are the odds? Of 11% that happens this year? Wherever Rodgers goes. You can't.
6: No, you, you got to know where 30%? he goes.
1: Well, Just based on what we know.
6: If he go, if he stays in Green Bay, he'll have more wins than the Saints.
1: Well, if he goes to the Jets, I think he will too. Maybe. You, you're down on the Jets.
6: I'm not down on the Jets, but the Jets have to play the Bills twice. They'll play the Dolphins twice. And the yeah. Saints can get fat. In a bad division.
1: Can get fat? Yeah. Like they're <laughs> feasting on winds? Exactly. So you got it. You got me. The calories that are... Like Panthers, pH. that's a I lot of you're, calories. I thought you were going PHA. Like, oh, that's fat. <laughs> no. Would I ever do that? <laughs> I saw after that haircut, you might. No, no, no. All right. Suns are really good. Did you see this, Durant?
6: I,
5: I called I, you Durant.
1: I, you you're did. So, your haircut's <laughs> so good. <to> <laughs> <me> <laughs> I or called or you DSA. Durant. <laughs> you're the tall guy. <laughs> you see this bogus? <laughs> I did see it, Kyrie. <laughs> that, hey, that's over the line of all the things that have ever been said on this show. Sorry, Chris Paul. I think the Suns are the best team in the Western Conference. I think they're probably going to come out of the Western Conference. I love the addition of Durant. I've obviously watched all three other games with KD, and I have, um, I have come up with their Achilles heel. If there's going to be a disappointment, it's going to be down to one guy. And his name rhymes with Schmish Mall, And I'll explain why here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Kevin Durant.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
0: you're listening to the writer than you podcast
1: welcome back into the show bill writer with you thanks for being here we just told you Little Derek Carr news. Let's 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 breaking news this thing again.
2: Breaking news.
1: Ian Rapaport has updated his reporting and is now telling us that the Saints have agreed to a four-year deal with Derek Carr. Numbers to be announced. The reporting suggests says that they will make it work with the cap situation with the Saints. Sounds like he's going to have a nice little payday though. And he is going to get to be the leader offensively at the helm of a different team for the first time in his career, other than the Raiders. What, um, Tom? What's your what's your first knee jerk reaction to the Saints plus Derek Carr equals equals what?
5: Equals Aaron Rodgers being a New York Jet next season.
1: Yeah, that's, I think that's probably right too.
5: It seemed like Derek Carr wanted the Jets. The Jets, I think, wanted Derek Carr as a consolation prize if Aaron Rodgers was one going to retire or two wanted to play his entire career in Green Bay. Now I think neither of those things are happening with the four-time MVP.
1: But what do you think of the Saints? What did what what are the Saints with uh I mean for me it's like it's like kind of like and I think I said this with you and Andrew a few minutes ago. I'm a little disappointed because I the Jets are poised to be really interesting and really competitive. And you guys made the point, you got to play a bunch of good football teams a couple times over the course of the year, but I love that test. I loved the idea of that test for Derek Carr. I know Aaron Rodgers is really talented. The questions for me surrounding him are vastly different. I really was looking forward to seeing what Derek Carr could do, what he could be with a better team. And there's an argument, and I think that it would be settled if he were playing for a team like the Jets. There's an argument his career has been greatly downgraded because of the team he played for and not because of his own performances. I'm not sure to what degree the Jets... Or excuse me, the Saints are gonna afford them the chance to have a lot of success. I mean Maybe look. The, offensively.
5: They went seven and ten last season with their quarterback situation being unstable at best. As you noted, know, they play in a bad division. Can they win that division now next year? Yeah, I think they can. I think they could win nine games in that bad division. Can they win a playoff game? I that remains to be seen. I'm not gonna go that far yet.
1: I mean, here's something interesting. I didn't know this. I mean, this is I watched a few Saints games, but they weren't top of mind. Fifth. Defensively last year in yards allowed per game, ninth defensively in points allowed per game. So maybe I stand corrected. Maybe this is because that's the thing about Derek Carr that we've the stat that to me is just mind boggling. In his time with the Raiders, he has never had ever a defense that was better than 20th out of 32. And often it was 27, 28, 30, 32. I mean, I'm looking at these defensive stats last year, and they're in the range of 25 last year in terms of points allowed per game and similar range in terms of yards allowed per game. Maybe be, maybe, maybe Derek Carr has got a chance to, to actually be competitive next year with this football team.
5: The Saints are definitely an improved team now. I don't know that they are significantly improved.
1: I hope he gets paid too. I hope the guy gets all the money all the time. That guy put in, and I know he's already wealthy, but that guy put in a, a workmanlike shift year after year after year for that organization, and there was very little to celebrate and very little to, to to look forward to. And you're right; it's a really it's a pretty easy division. I'm just trying to figure out who. The Bucks are gonna be a mess. The Falcons. I mean, the Saints won seven games last year. This could I mean it's not it's not it's not Tom Brady. But but Derek I mean, is Derek Carr three games better for this team? Is he a plus? Probably. That's ten seven. Probably. I'm with you on that one. When you when you put it
5: like that, can they win three more games than they did last year? Yeah. Probably.
1: All right, let me um, very quickly, just very quickly, I want to get through the Suns thing. Congrats grass, Derek Carr. He's going to be a saint. Let's basket build this baby.
0: Bill Ryder has the NBA takes
1: you need to hear. This is Basket Bill. The difference between the Suns being the favorite and the Suns being a contender is going to be Chris Paul. If you've watched these, these first three games with Kevin Durant and Phoenix, you've seen how effortlessly excellent KD is, you have seen the ridiculous way in which Devin Booker is an even more dangerous player because they cannot double him when KD's on the floor. You've also seen and really against Dallas, this was the approach, that they're going to leave Chris Paul wide open. That means Chris Paul either has to hit shots, something he's done at a much less successful rate this year, or he's got to do a good job of penetrating, facilitating and finding DeAndre Ayton, which he didn't do at all until late in that game. Chris Paul's an all-time great quarterback. He's a massive talent. He hasn't won an NBA championship, and he's now at a strange point in his career where his alpha nature, his doggedness, his I am going to out-muscle and out-think every player on this floor is over. He's older, and he's going to have to hit some shots as as one of the most talented role players in the game, facilitate in specific situations, and take the burden of some of the pressure... Because he's going to get so many open looks. If Chris Paul can be 70% of what he was two years ago when they made a finals run, the Suns are going to be in an NBA Finals. If Chris Paul continues to look like he's 37 going on 50, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. We'll break this team down. We'll talk about Durant. We'll talk about Booker. They're really talented. They're not as deep as they were, obviously. The key here, Achilles heel or just another weapon in an arsenal that's almost unbeatable, at least in the West, is going to be Chris Paul. Really curious, curious which way it's going to go. That's basketball.
2: And that was basket bill. You
1: made the point, Tom. How good Devin Booker looks. I also think, I think Kevin Durant looks even happier is the wrong term, even more dangerous. I think he looks even more dangerous than he did in Brooklyn for some reason.
5: I mean the two of them, Bill, in the three games that they've played, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker a hundred and eighty eight combined points. That's fourth all time for a duo in the first three games playing with each other.
1: Ooh, look at you with the stance. I love that. Yeah, Devin Booker's such a I mean I know Kyrie played well yesterday. I know Kyrie played well the other day with Luka and they both both scored forty and forty two. They combined for eighty two. Nothing changed for me. I don't think I don't think Kyrie's I think he's talented and not effective, and I think it's going to go the exact same way. I don't think it's a coincidence they were up in that game, and they ended up losing. All right. Uh, I'm really curious what Ross Tucker, our buddy, longtime NFL player, NFL analyst, thinks about Derek Carr to the Saints. We'll get his perspective on that and several other things. NFL talk with our guy, Ross Tucker, coming up next here on CBS Sports Radio.